We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today by Chris Benzine, as always on Mondays. If you're out there on Twitter, give Chris a follow at Crispy272002. You can give me a follow at Jakeski52. All right, Chris, we're going to start things off on a little bit of a lighter note we had before diving into the matchups, of course, today. We had a pretty hearty debate on the XM show this morning about the most overrated breakfast food or beverage. So I think that's a good place to start. Chris, what's your pick? My pick is going to be ham. I'm just not a fan of (laughs) ham in general. I mean, I can, from time to time, I can go with a little ham, but not a morning food. If I'm going to have ham at all, it's got to be in the evening. It's got to be in like a bigger chunk. I can't have like ham slices, ham cubes for omelets. Yes. Even no, 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 no I just fan? not. I just not a like. If I'm getting something an omelet, I'm not getting ham in it. Going it's with the not, bacon or the sausage? I, yes, I'm going other direction with the meat for breakfast, and that's my uh, that's that's the pick <laughs> that I'm going with for it. Uh, what about you? What All right. You? Well, well, well. My uh, least favorite breakfast food is. Uh, I thought of it this way: if you have a food that is completely dependent on all the toppings that you have to put on 
conduit, the food itself is not very good. So what fits that description? That's pancakes for me. I think part of it is the problem is that they're very rarely done right with the right consistency. But you got to put fruit or whipped cream or chocolate chips or three different kinds of syrup or something on the pancakes to actually make them good. So what does that tell you about pancakes? Probably not so hot to start off with. So that's my personal one. I don't know. I, I'm a I'm a fan of pancakes. You gotta. I mean, you can have those toppings, but unless you have the base for the toppings, mm-hmm. you can't. I mean, there's nothing there either. You can't just have the. Couldn't toppings. you just have a fruit bowl or like a parfait or something? <sighs> no. All right. Well, we'll have to agree to disagree here, Chris. By the way, anybody that answers coffee to that question just could probably deserve a big slap in the face. So uh, feel free to challenge me on that on Twitter if you would like. But for now, Chris and I are going to jump on into the Monday Daily Fantasy Sports slate, MLB slate on FanDuel. We got a slightly... uh, I don't want to say small. Well, I guess I do want to say it's a smaller slate here. Uh, looks about eight games. Of course, Reds Indians battle for uh, the state of Ohio will uh, be held at six ten Eastern, so that won't be included in the evening slate. Feel free to toss those guys out of your daily matchups. There won't even be options. But uh, to get things started, Chris, we always start to look towards cash game pitchers. So. Not a whole lot on the smaller slate. Jordan Zimmerman, the most expensive at 10100 Drew Smiley, a left-hander at 9100 Kent Maeda, 8800 Rick Porcello, 8500 Adam Conley, 8300 There's a lot of really just middling options here. Are you going with Zimmerman or are you going down the list? Yeah, I, I looked through the names and there really wasn't one that stuck out in particular today. So I'm going to go with like my best at- my best option here, and uh, I'm going to go at the top of the list there with Jordan Zimmerman. He is uh, he is at ten thousand one hundred, which is a thousand more expensive than the next uh, most expensive option, which is Drew Smiley. And um, but he hasn't allowed more than three runs in an outing this year. He's at, um, and he's faced two solid offenses in the Nats and the Rangers the last two times out, and held each of them to just three runs over seven and eight innings of work. So those are pretty two pretty good outings considering the offenses he's facing, and the Twins are, are not nearly as good as either of those two. So when you, um, he also faced the Twins earlier this season. He allowed just one run while striking out seven against them early in the season. So when I look at all those factors, and while he is he is the most expensive by considerable margin, there is, he's not, like, unaffordable. Uh, ten thousand one hundred is kind of expensive, but it's not when you compare it to some of the guys that are top sometimes and on a limited slate. There's still a chance you can get some a fair amount of guys, uh, decent guys in your lineup, mm-hmm. despite the fact that you're paying up for him. Yeah, we'll definitely get into some value play hitters a little bit later on for those of you that do want to use J- Zimmerman. And I 100% agree. I think the matchup here is the most intriguing factor, plus the fact that you have a one game sample size already. But the Twins, one of only five teams in Major League Baseball with a weighted on base percentage mark under 300 they're only 299 in that category and they strike out at a clip of 23.3 percent so that's pretty encouraging both for Zimmerman's strikeout numbers and just for what you can expect from the overall offensive production I do agree with you with Zimmerman I'm going to save a little bit of money with my cash game pick uh, I'm going to go over to the Dodgers and uh, pick Kenta Maeda now he's not a top tier option but he's probably the top of the middle tier options you're going to pay 8800 for him so Saving thirteen hundred over uh, over somebody like Zimmerman, I just like what he brings to the table here. Uh, 
the Angels' offense not very depth outside or not very deep outside of those guys like Trout and Pujols and Calhoun. After that, it's kind of a wild card. Now, I know a lot of people are going to look at the Angels and be like, "Hey, wait a minute! A fifteen percent strikeout rate, fifteen point four percent." I wouldn't overreact to that too much. They only walk at a clip of 8%, and uh, that, that strikeout rate gives them an incredibly low isolated power mark on the year. So there's not a whole lot of threats outside of the names that I mentioned. I like Kent Maeda, what he's been able to do so far. I mean, his last start here, he's only had two outings this year that couldn't be qualified as quality starts. His last start giving up four runs to the Mets. So that's a, a very understandable uh, uh, thing you got going there. But, I mean, Maeda's peripherals back it up. I think he's pretty safe. And the Dodgers are, let's see here, minus 190 favorites on a game where the over-under at 7.5 is tied for the lowest over-under on the slate here. So I think the factors are coming up uh, for Maeda to have another good game. Plus he's going up against Matt Shoemaker, and Shoemaker has been less than stellar with a 9-1-2 ERA this season here. So mostly win probability is what I'm going for, but I can see of course, Zimmerman having the same win probability against Barreos and his 6-2-80 RA. So I like your pick, Chris. I also uh, like the Dodgers. Can you get behind Kent Maeda at all, or are, are you kind of sticking here, sticking your guns, going to Zimmerman? Yeah, I think Kent Maeda is a good pick. I mean, like you were mentioning, there's nothing really spectacular about the Angels' offense so far this year. Um, the only reserve I have, which isn't much at all, I mean, surprisingly, he's been a little worse at home this year, which I don't, which is a bit un. Uh, questionable or one wondering why considering he's at you know dodger stadium there that's a pretty pitcher friendly park but uh he did face you know a mets offense that's good and the marlins who who are have been pretty good this year so i mean i I still think like you're saying i think i think this is the one uh i think he'll be fine this yeah i'm gonna chuck up those home road splits to sample size chris Uh, yes it is a small i mean you've got four home starts three road starts those three road starts though padres okay they love to strike out we get it but at Coors Field and at Toronto, no easy places to pitch by any means. So I've just uh, been able to respect what the 28-year-old right-hander from Osaka, Japan, has been able to put up this season here. If you're listening to this podcast, you know how much Chris and I love daily fantasy baseball and love talking to you about it. We always want to deliver great content to our listeners, and the best way to do that is to learn more about you. In order to do that, we've created a survey that's quick, anonymous, and you'll have a chance to win a Google Chromecast just for helping us out. Visit www.mylistenerstudy.com and tell us about yourself. That's mylistenerstudy.com. We'll learn more about you, and you'll get a chance to win a Chromecast. That's what I call a win-win situation. Visit mylistenerstudy.com. Thank you. All right, Chris, well, let's move on to the hitting portion before we'll kind of discuss some of our tournament pitching plays, of which there are a lot of this evening, but... We've got some hitters to look at here. I'm going to kind of start off with some of the highest over-unders. you got the Yankees and Green against the Diamondbacks and Robbie Ray, over-under of 9. Rangers and Holland against A's and Manea, over-under 8.5. Reds with uh, Lamb at Indians uh, against Anderson, over-under 8.5. But just keep in mind that that Reds-Indians game will not be included on most slates, of course, due to the 6-10 p.m. Eastern start the battle for Ohio as far as daily goes that'll at least have to wait for tomorrow here but is there any one pitcher that you're going to try to pick on today Chris or do you see value all across the board and are trying to uh, maybe balance out and uh, I guess diversify those mutual funds or daily lineups here uh, what, what are your thoughts on that Chris 
I do see some values in multiple different games, but uh, one guy or one guy I am targeting a little bit is Sean Manaya there. Um, I believe look centering if I'm going to center um, a stack in that I'm looking at Adrian Beltre there at third base. Thirty two hundred for Beltre. I think yes, he's one of the the bigger ones. If you don't want to pay up for Donaldson against the lefty tonight, I think Beltre's got to be checking in at one of your other good options. Yeah, that was another third base when I was thinking of too is like if, like you were mentioning Donaldson against the lefty there so that's mm-hmm. two good third basemen I like at that um at that position so but if I'm looking at stacking potentially around him and Ian Desmond both of them have really good splits against lefties this year so uh, if I'm looking they're probably going to both be hitting around that middle of that order so you can get a decent stack there mm-hmm. the only thing is you may have to uh, if you want to stack it, there might be Prince Fielder sitting in between them, so you have to judge whether or not you want to include him if you want to stack. Yeah, that's uh, something that you absolutely have to go for. Well, let's break it down position by position just a little bit so we can give you uh, an idea of some players you might want to target. Now, you got Victor Martinez sitting at the top of the list at 3,500. Of course, he's got a pretty awesome matchup against Jose Barreos if you're going to stay away from Barreos in tournaments. Uh, I don't mind using Martinez if you can work him in. I also, here's another one that you might want to check the lineup on, but I also don't mind Chris Herman. Catcher for the Diamondbacks. He's only 2,800. You're going to want to double-check on that lineup uh, just to make sure that he's in the lineup, but he can play catcher or center field as he did on Sunday, so that's quite intriguing. Are there any other catching spots that stand out to you, Chris? Uh, there wasn't one necessarily that stand out. I did, like like you mentioned, Victor Martinez. I did like that pick because uh, Barreos is struggling against left-handed hitters so far. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a small sample size. Like we said, he hasn't pitched a ton yet. But most of his struggles um, have been against uh, lefties. He has given up a three eighty seven opposing average versus lefties so far versus just a two hundred average against righties. So keep that in mind if you're going there. And then one I'm avoiding, I guess, kind of is Brian McCann because he's he struggles against uh, lefties and he's going against Robbie Ray today. So mm-hmm. it's one guy I'm, I'm going against at, at catcher position. Yeah, definitely thinking about fading McCann because of the platoon matchup tonight. And I can most definitely get on board with that there, Chris. Let's move on over to first base now we already kind of have the usual suspects big poppy the number one uh priced player at first base both him and hanley ramirez actually both in that okay well let's reset that entirely top three first basemen 4339 and 39 are david ortiz hanley ramirez and eric hosmer in that Boston at Kansas City game. Now, you're going to want to keep an eye on that game because it does look like there is a chance of rain. So be ready to make a swap if you are using Royals or Red Sox stacks there. But there's uh seems to be a little bit of price deflation going on on FanDuel because you also have Paul Goldschmidt at 3800 That's pretty cheap for uh, the potential that you can get from him. Now, are you going to be fishing from the top of the pool here at third base, Chris, or are you going to kind of go down and try to find some value here? A couple of guys that I was looking at uh, were actually down the list a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you look at Goldschmidt and you and you look at that name, and it seems like he should be a good pick at this point. But he's a guy I, I don't know. I still I still can't trust necessarily at this point, just because he hasn't been good. He and you think at some point he's going to turn it around, but it, it hasn't happened yet. So it um, it scares me a little bit there to go pay up for that amount uh, at that price tag considering he has just one hit over the last four games. So I got a couple of guys that I'm looking at, uh, Justin Boer at 3,400. The the splits that apply to Bar- Barreos also apply to um, 
Also apply to Jared Eikhoff, who he'll be facing. He struggles against left-handed hitters, and that's who Boer definitely fits that description. He's been hot recently, and he he's had a few home or a few home runs over the past week, and he's also in a better ballpark rather than the home Marlins ballpark. He's in Philadelphia, so that uh, provides a little advantage there too. So that's one guy I'm looking at. Another one, Adrian Gonzalez at 2,900. So that's a, a pretty cheap price for a guy there going against Matt Shoemaker, who's been, like as you mentioned earlier, less than stellar so far this season. Yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely get on board with uh, Justin Boer there. He was someone who helped me win a qualifier ticket earlier this season when he took the Brewers deep twice at a very low ownership. I like those picks a lot. Of course, I like Eric Hosmer as well, but again, you're going to want to watch the rain on that. He's got the right, lefty-righty split going up against Porcello. I also want to throw in a value play of Mark Teixeira just in case. Going up against Robbie Ray, he should, uh, I'm guessing there's a chance for him to snap out of his slump here. Second base spot, any uh, options that stand out for you there? I mean, you're going to have to pay up for the likes of, ooh, the likes of the right hook of Roughnet Odor, and of course uh, he's at 3,900, Ian Kinsler at 3,700. Second base for me tonight is someone who I'm going to go down the list and find some options. Do you have any that you like, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I, I do somewhat like Roughnet Odor because he's been really he's actually hit well against lefties this year, but mm-hmm. another guy I'm really looking at is uh, potentially Starlin Castro uh, in Arizona there. He has good splits against lefties, and Robbie Ray, to me, isn't someone that scares me too much. So um, against lefties, sometimes even Castro ends up hitting further up in the order from time to time, so there's a chance of that. But uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on that necessarily, but still just the, the that fact and the fact that he's uh, – got a decent price tag there's one guy that i'm targeting at that position yeah i agree with you on castro that's someone i had written down another guy i want to throw out there who uh our partners over at inside edge have uh the highest projected second baseman of the day is actually chase utley going up against matt schumacher and the angels of course he will probably lead off in this matchup and it's a solid matchup, a good lineup, a red-hot Corey Seager hitting right behind him. So Chase Sutley at 3200 if you can afford to fork out the extra 300 Going to move on to one of the deeper positions on the slate. That is third base going over to the hot corner. Now, Josh Donaldson's in play every time he's facing a lefty. And, and of course, the, uh, the Blue Jays are going up against Drew Smiley tonight. But, of course, as always, you do have to pay up quite a bit for a guy like Donaldson. Now, is $3,900 worth it, or are you kind of going back to Beltre as part of your Rangers stack? I do like Beltre probably a little bit more, but I'm I'm also willing to put Donaldson in that lineup just because he is below 4000 and that's I feel like that's a really good price to have in Toronto. Facing a lefty, obviously Drew Smiley is a little probably above average for a lefty, but he just crushes lefties in his career so if I'm looking at uh if I'm looking at a guy that has that good of splits against left-handed pitching and in a nice ballpark I just I I'm willing to pay up for that I think at that at the hot corner I'm willing to pay up at uh a position where a power position there but like I said I I believe I would also lean towards Beltre a little bit more Mm -hmm. tonight so if I if I'm looking at the between those two I might lean towards Beltre given the price difference Mm -hmm. but if I have the the price to or the money left over to pay up for Donaldson I might be willing to do so yeah I I do like all of those picks and typically third base a very deep position one other guy I want to throw out there before we move on is Danny Valencia of the A's now right-hander he mashes lefties the Rangers are sending out Derek Holland 
to the mound. There's a reason this game is one of the higher over-unders. Danny Valencia is hopefully part of it. You'll get him for only 2600 and of course, his ownership's going to be quite high. He's coming off a 63 FanDuel point game here on Sunday after that three-home run performance there. I'm sorry, yeah, yes, that was uh, yesterday on Sunday. So uh, he's someone that you got to be looking at and play at 2600 at least get some shares of him so you're not burned by the high ownership percentage what about shortstop chris there's a a decent amount of shortstops as usual of course you have the usual suspects and xander bogarts and Corey seager atop the list after a good weekend troy tulowitzki's got his price back up to 3200 is this a position you are paying up for today I was looking at a couple of guys. Uh, Tulowitzki was one of them that you mentioned. He was one of the uh, of the top price guys there. Uh, he's been really hot recently, and at thirty two hundred, I still believe it warrants. There's still a fair amount of value there, considering uh, considering how well he's been playing recently. I don't think that price yet reflects the value he can bring. So that's one guy I'm really targeting. And another guy actually is down the list, Marcus Semyon. Yes. Uh, for the for the A's as well. He has three home runs against lefties and 24 at-bats this year, and he has five home runs at home in 45 at-bats. So I'm looking, you got a guy with some power there, getting a favorable matchup and at cheap price. That's another guy I'm targeting at the shortstop position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to agree with you and Simeon. That was actually going to be my value pick for the day, so we're on the same page there. Our partners over at Inside Edge, despite the $2,400 salary, have him projected as the third highest scoring shortstop in the day. Uh, again, that righty-lefty matchup going up against Derek Holland. Uh, let's move on over to the outfield, Chris. Are there any particular outfielders that jump out at you on the slate? Now, if we use some of these options we mentioned, we're going to have uh, quite a few chances to potentially stack up these outfielders with guys like Stanton, Trout, if uh, we want to go against Maeda. What are you thinking in the outfield department? Yeah, a couple guys I I brought up, I mentioned earlier, one of them was uh, Ian Desmond. He mm-hmm. has, like I said, he's good le- lefty splits and he's a guy that you can stack that uh, with Adrian Beltre and some of the other Texas hitters there. Um, another guy I was looking at was Gregory Polanco. He's at 3,500 versus Desmond's at 3,600, by the way. Um, Gregory Polanco at 3,500. I'm not exactly a believer in Williams Perez, and he's been a little worse. He has had a good start to the season, but he's been worse against lefties, and Polanco's been hitting well recently. He gives mm-hmm. you a chance at both. Uh, he has some power and st- stolen base potential there. Mm-hmm. So if you have both of those as an option there, I, I just uh, at, at that price tag, I, I kind of I like him there. He's one guy I like. Um, another couple guys I'm going to say, both on the Dodgers, 2,900, Jock Peterson, another guy with some power and stolen base potential. He hasn't, I don't believe he has a stolen base yet this year. He may have one or two. I don't, I don't think he has many there, but he does have some power and he does have the potential to steal bases. So you got him and Yasiel Puig both below 3,000 facing Matt Shoemaker. So if I'm looking at those price tags and, and the matchup, I really like those two. Yeah, I think a Dodgers stack could very much be in play tonight. Just want to throw out a couple more options. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays right-handers against J.A. Happ and the Blue Jays. Now, Happ's been pretty strong this year, 205 ERA. But uh, I think those right-handers, there's a couple of them that might be able to do some damage. One of them being Steve Pierce, who should be in the lineup. Also got to like, I mean, Pierce is only 2,800. Also need to like Brandon Geyer at 3,000. Of course, maybe buying high a little bit on him due to the huge performance Sunday. Uh, Can't forget about Steven Souza either. Again, has that platoon matchup. He is 3,000 as well. So if you are going to pay up for a guy like Maeda or Jordan Zimmerman, there's some $3,000 outfielders to potentially make that lineup work. 
MLB season is here, and that means Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com to play now. Remember, building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1, so anyone can play. Chris, we're going to move on to the final segment here of our Daily Fantasy Baseball podcast, and that's when we each maybe throw a dart, what we like to say, and... um, Pick a pitcher that might be a little bit lower owned, someone that could set your lineup apart in a tournament. Now, out of all those pitchers on what's really a relatively weak pitching slate tonight, is there any one that you think you might be able to take advantage of low ownership that would have a pretty good game? Yeah, I uh, I believe your pick would be a pretty good one. But uh, I'm going to go with John Neese. He's playing Pittsburgh, going against Atlanta at home for 7000 so he's he somewhat neutralizes the left-hander, left-handed, somewhat neutralizes the bigger bats like Freddie Freeman, Nick Marcakis, Ender Enciarte. Some of their bigger bats there get neutralized. And uh, the Braves actually own just a 284 Woba against Southpaws this season, which is second worst in the majors. Mm-hmm. So the strikeout rate isn't extremely high at just 20.5%. So, you, so you're going to have to count on Nice possibly going deeper into the game and getting a win, but that's something I could easily see happening in this contest. So yeah. that that's a, a big reason why I'm going with him. And you look at his recent starts, they've either come against strong offenses or in hitter-friendly environments. So he's he has struggled a little bit recently, but um, you look at it, he's going against uh, Cincinnati in Cincinnati versus the Cubs at Colorado and at Arizona. So you have a mixture of both hitter-friendly ballparks and strong lineups that also um, that could that factor into some of the struggles recently. And uh, I don't believe the, the Braves have any of the bats to match any of those mm-hmm. previous offenses. So if I'm looking at uh, a potential tournament flyer there, he's a guy that I'm considering. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. And you mentioned a 284 Woba against lefties. The Braves on a whole, it doesn't really matter. They're their season WOBA as a team is 262. That's a full 24 points less than the second-worst team in baseball. So this Braves, Braves offense maybe gets a little boost with Inciarte back, but just dreadful on a whole. Nice has been bad. The Braves have been worse. So I can understand where you're coming from from this pick. My pick, just I'm picking it because I've never really seen it before. We've got a starting pitcher at $3,000. That's Chad Green of the Yankees going against Robbie Ray and the Diamondbacks. $3,000, Chris. Now, that's just uh, so low, and it's not like Chad Green is necessarily that terrible. I mean, he's had seven starts for uh, at the AAA level, one two two ERA, allowing opponents just a, uh, a two fifteen batting average, 36 strikeouts to 12 walks, so not too terrible. 2015 at AA, had a three nine three ERA, but the, the fit brings that down a little bit, and I don't know, just a couple other factors in play. You look at the odds on the game there. Arizona, well, minus 114 now. They were minus 108 when I looked this morning, but it's as close to a pick as you can get. The opposing pitcher, Robbie Ray, nothing to be too afraid of, nothing to phone home about there. So Chad Green, why not? If you wanted to, after using Chad Green, you could use every single one of the most expensive hitters. Now that, of course, is counting on the the Red Sox-Royals game getting not getting rained out tonight because a lot of the most expensive hitters are from that game. And if, if that game gets rained out or isn't played, um, the utility of green dips a little bit because you're going to be leaving money on the table in any combination. But that being said, you can buy some really safe hitters and maybe hope for five, six innings and a win. 
you know, if you get 35 fantasy points out of Green, if he's decent enough, that's way more than returning value as opposed to someone like Zimmerman that costs three times as much and might limit your options a little bit. Uh, have you ever done that before, Chris? Have you ever taken a minimum price pitcher and just stacked all the best hitters? I have gone a route with taking very, very cheap. Actually, last week during our uh, – or no, very recently I took – Kendall Graveman from the mm-hmm. the A's. It didn't uh, work out mm-hmm. as well as I'd hoped. I should have gone. The, I wish I had gone the other side. I didn't have enough for Matt Andres, but it definitely. I was just on the edge of the money. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it didn't work out. But I do like. Uh, from time to time, it it is worth doing, especially when you have the value potential with him at three thousand. There, if he's halfway decent, you're getting a very good. Uh, you're getting a huge value from that position. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, not not a strategy you necessarily want to attempt to carry out in your 50-50s or even your double-ups, but if you're in a big tournament, I can't see Chad Green's ownership being that high despite the price. I mean, a lot of people are going to do it, but I mean, if you had a $3,000 pitcher on a 15-game slate where there was a full array of hitters to choose from, I could see that being a much more viable option, but it's still, you know, provided that Boston-Kansas City game is played tonight, there's good enough hitters to potentially uh, get you back any of the money lost uh, by, or any of the points lost by going with the cheaper option there. Just for perspective, there are 59 hitters that are more expensive than Chad Green on FanDuel Monday night. Well, thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Remember that the first-time FanDuel depositors that make a deposit of $25 or more via Rotowire can get six months of complimentary Rotowire access. Otherwise, to check out rotowire.com on your own, just go to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D. Once again, for Chris Benzine, I'm Jake Litarski. Uh, again, Twitter, one more time real quick. You can follow me at jakeski fifty. Follow Chris, Chris at Crispy272002. And then the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return Tuesday with myself and John McKechnie. They're going to kill the love of my life Daisy! if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13.